The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hey, it's Jesse coming at you with a bonus episode this week. This one is pretty special. It's from our producer, Sarah Storm. Sarah is an actor by training. And when we set out to do The Lost Art of 2020, that series of special episodes that looked at what's happening right now for artists, well, Sarah was a huge part of that. And after we were done, she had collected so many great stories that she put together this. I hope you enjoy it. You are who you are. You are where you are. You're doing what you're doing. And the time is now. That's Rob Neal. He's the artistic director of the New York Neo-Futurists, and that is the Neo-Futurists' motto. I'm not a Neo, but I've been borrowing their mantra to get through the recent weeks. I'm Sarah Storm, the producer of Hello Monday. Right now, I'm standing at the standing desk attachment on my dining table in Brooklyn, New York. It is a Monday night. I've been throwing myself into my work to get through this last month, obsessively. I've also been worrying obsessively about everyone, and specifically about everyone who's had their work disrupted. So with Jesse's support, I'm funneling my anxiety about art and artists into the next 15-ish minutes. This is an audio coda on Hello Monday's look at the lost art of 2020. When I asked creators how they're meeting this challenging moment, people trusted me with all kinds of stories, what they were losing, and what they found. Today we'll hear from Rob, who reports in on what the Neos did when their always-of-the-moment show, The Infinite Wrench, had to take an indefinite hiatus. Then we'll look at how some Hello Monday listeners took the quarantine and turned it into a unique opportunity both for their folk dance community and for online commerce. But first, we're going to hear from playwright Ren Dara Santiago. Quarantine hit New York City just as her off-Broadway play, The Siblings Play, was about to debut. And thanks to a lot of hard work and ingenuity, instead of falling silent, her characters have been seen and heard online, in some cases, by the very people Ren's stories were written for. What time you gotta work? You got a minute to talk to your mama? Work at six tonight. That means she got the late shift, right? Closing shift for you. You got any sleep? Nah, I'll sleep when I get home. That's a tiny bit of the siblings' play. Its world premiere was scheduled for the Rattlestick Playwrights Theater, And then it was forced to close due to quarantine just four days shy of its opening. I mean, you spent all this time writing this thing alone, hoping that it'll speak to people enough for them to gather, hoping that it'll speak to them so strongly that they'll want to respond. And I I got all of that. I got to witness night after night. People open up to this play in a way that I dreamed about. It's sad that we didn't get to do that for the four weeks that we had planned to. Um, But at the same time, the, the biggest thing for me, the reason that I really wanted this play to succeed was because I wanted to be able to do this across the country. I wanted to be able to do the siblings play in communities like mine, but different from mine all over the world. People who feel invisible, you know people who didn't ever expect to be seen on a, on a stage. For a lot of shows that were postponed or canceled because of the quarantine, that's it. 
at least for now. But Rattlestick made sure that Ren's play, that world premiere, it got recorded. They also didn't want it to disappear because they believed in it and all the work we've done and put into it. I really wanted that to happen because my team has been killing it and they have done, they've gone above and beyond for this play. It's so gorgeous. Then the theater sold streaming tickets at different price points and streaming did something cool. Something that I got to tell you, theater in general really struggles with. I think it actually got the play out in an accessible way to people that might not have been able to come to Rattlestick, maybe because of like their shifts and hours at work or because of ticket prices. This got the play to them. Uh, We made sure that it wasn't just theater people that became interested in this play. It was social workers, anyone involved in any sort of caretaking for young children, teachers, educators, anyone who deals with mental health and mental illness, anyone who is affected by endemic poverty. We wanted this play to reach out to the people who would recognize themselves in some way in these characters and not feel ashamed, who would feel understood and understand that they should admire everything that they've done, gone through and worked for. And I know that that's happened because we're streaming. Like I would get almost like live tweets like you would for like the Oscars or something. But I get that just literally like moment by moment. I get these emoji reactions. I'd know exactly where they were in my play based on how they were reacting. And that was a lot of fun for me. Um, And that's something you can't do in theater. There's just one thing missing for Ren. The act of bravery that it takes to be next to someone and let your heart open up because... Someone else is doing that on stage because the words have been doing that and they're aching for you. It takes a lot of bravery to step up, step into yourself and let that go. It's definitely easier to do when you're alone watching something like this. But it's not the same as doing it in front of someone and that that's a skill. Like that takes work and you can't do it unless you feel someone else doing that in person. So that's the layer that's missing. But at the same time, I mean, people all over the country have seen it now. Family members that would have never got to otherwise have seen it. Rattlestick tried to make this available to as many uh, young communities as possible and at many different scales. And at the end of the day, what was important to them was that people saw this story. And I think a lot of people did. So I'm very happy. While she's quarantining, Ren is working on a lot of art. She's written a monologue for a streaming project. She's working on her first pilot. And she's working on a radio series with the middle voice at Rattlestick Playwrights Theater, along with some friends of the company. I have to keep making work for artists. I think in times of a pandemic, we are reminded how much we need people. We need human connection, how deeply we love. No matter what, this will not be forgotten. I'm writing it down so that it could be remembered forever, so that this is recognized, that it does not disappear. That comes from a deep, deep place of love. That's how these things get made. And when people can feel that and touch on it, that's really what makes it eternal. Whatever happens here, I have faith in that. I have faith that, like, whatever's not supposed to disappear never will, um, no matter what we lose at this time. Our thanks to Rendara Santiago for sharing her story with us. To learn more about Ren and her upcoming work, visit her at rendarasantiago.com and follow her on Insta at rendisanti. Next week, you can see her monologue featuring the actor Glenn Davis at homeboundtheater.org. Proceeds will go to No Kid Hungry. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. 
In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Next up, we'll hear from Rob Neal, the artistic director of the New York Neo-Futurists. They're a diverse collective of artists who usually collaborate and create art according to a few basic principles. You are who you are. You are where you are. You're doing what you're doing. And the time is now. Up until recently, Rob and the New York Neos were being who they were at the Crane Theater in downtown Manhattan. And twice a week, they put on a show called The Infinite Wrench. Here's Rob's audio postcard about what went down and what they're doing now. Right now, I am standing in my closet, speaking into my iPhone, trying to describe what happened to us in mid-March when we were in the process of rehearsing and creating our weekly show, The Infinite Wrench. We had our regular rehearsal on Tuesday and put 10 new plays in, and none of those plays were performed. Our show performs two shows, Friday and Saturday usually, and over our history, we've created over 5,700 plays, most of which are pretty short. We, on that Thursday, decided not to have the shows. That would have been the 12th. We decided then that we would create a podcast, and that podcast is called Hit Play. You can find it streaming on most places you find podcasts streaming, like this podcast that you're listening to right now. In the podcast, there are three to six of our pieces as we discover how we can, as neo-futurists, experiment with audio. It's been a real challenge to make that pivot, and our company has decided to continue to create weekly, which is really exciting, and give people an opportunity to create in different mediums. We also have sister companies in Chicago and San Francisco who are creating weekly video versions of neo-futurism. Ultimately, it is really challenging to create art, which traditionally was about gathering people into a unique community each night when you can't gather in ways that you understand gathering. It's also challenging to continue to pay artists when the incomes are so much smaller. Artists are in very challenging positions considering that most of the ways that we've made money besides making art is through freelance jobs, most of which are gone. So our commitment to creating the art is also including a commitment to attempting to pay artists who need help in our company. And we are adjusting how we do what we do. Right now, it's hit play. And we hope that not too far down the road, we can continue to bring the infinite wrench to people. Thanks, Rob. You can find Hit Play wherever you get your podcasts. If you're interested in supporting the neo-futurists, you can visit them online at nynf.org or search Patreon for New York neo-futurists. Ankh Veins and Wim Tehin live in the Netherlands. When they sent us their audio, their work life had not been drastically changed by COVID-19. 
Ankh, she's a fire safety engineer, and Vim is an IT specialist. And there's a key point about that in the story. He has also created a website for artist commerce called Artist IT. Now, Vim has a second career as a composer and a pianist, and he and Ankh are both part of the Balfolk dance and music community. Balfolk is a type of live folk music and social dancing, and right now it can't gather. Dance schools are closed, events have been canceled. I'll let Ankh and Vim take it from here. I must admit that dancing is somewhat of an addiction of mine, which doesn't easily translate to my own living room. Uh, not only do I dance a lot, um, I also try to convince my musician friend Wim de Groen recently, finally actually I should say, uh, for the past five years I've been asking him to record a CD. His music is very popular and a lot of people ask uh, when he would finally record something. And it's very common in the folk scene to sell your CD from a box on the stage as an extra in income. And he still didn't have one. And now we finally did. But unfortunately, we have to postpone the CD presentation. So I helped Wim and Wouter organize an online ball. <laughs> I was glad to help them as they are affected way worse than I am, being a musician who got her their income through their music, of course. And it was also a way of getting together apart in these times of social distancing. Balfolk is a social dance form. It's a Western European folk dance style, um, I think, which is best compared as a mix of contra dancing and Argentine tango. These are very social events, so we, of course, missed each other. Our style of music is largely meant for dancing, and a lot of dancers were very sad that the balls got cancelled. And we wanted to create a ball as best as possible, but then online. As I had my artist IT software already lying around... We could organize an online ticket sale for the concert. We decided to ask a small ticket price in advance. And it's turned out to be a grand international success, actually, the online ball. We felt connected again as a dance scene. And although we were behind our own screens, uh, you really could feel the togetherness. Picture this with me. Vim, his friend Walter, all these musicians, they got people like Ankh dancing for real in their own living rooms with their pets, their kids, their kids' toys. And not only that, they also called each other on their phone and danced with each other via FaceTime. And in the YouTube chat, people were asking each other for a dance. It was a huge success and we had a lot of fun. And while the musicians missed the in-person crowd interaction, there were some really unexpected, more personal moments too. Instead of seeing a crowd applauding, you get individual messages of what a song did to them. This is direct and very intimate, even if people aren't near. People telling you how beautiful it was or that they are crying in the comfort of their home. The scene really did get together for uh, the musicians as well in this digital ball. It almost felt like a real event, including a nice income for them. It really blew our minds. And Wim even managed to sell some of his CDs. And it wasn't just CDs. Vim reports that they had hundreds of viewers from 10 different countries. It's quite frankly the most global gig I've played so far. We even had some people who never went to a ball football or knew us already and they were captivated. It was such a huge success, we decided to organize a second edition. They held that second event last month. It was more interactive. Ankh wrote me to say that it featured special effects, artists doing live drawings, and even dancers coming in live from their own living rooms. Vim will be playing online again soon. 
the next event features his original compositions and a rendition of a Dutch piece called the Canto Ostinato. I'll post a link to the event on LinkedIn. And if you're interested in learning more about Vim's IT solution, visit artists-it.nl. My thanks to Rendara Santiago, Rob Neal, Ankh Veins, and to everyone else who responded so openly and honestly about this insane moment that creatives are facing now. And very special thanks to Vim Dehin for his voice memo and for the beautiful music we're hearing underneath this VO. And to Jesse, of course, for the opportunity to produce this piece. She'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Hello Monday. I'm Sarah Storm. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves and be kind. I'll see you around. The 10 plays that did not get performed are pre-show blowout style time, Dan's bag ban fan slam, manic pixie dream rob, buttons, an absolutely false reenactment of the time young Robbie took his sex ed class a little too literally, and now a real New Yorker conversation between two native New Yorkers. Matthew purchased this play for X amount of money last Friday. Also, swag Zarathustra. Let's just run the tasty tastiness of things. I think that's it. I think those are the plays that didn't get to be performed on March 13th and 14th.